Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of basilar skull fracture found under the neurology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 45-year-old man is brought to the emergency department after being found down in the park. The patient reports that he was physically assaulted by a group of men. Since then, he reports episodes of rhinorrhea and occasional leakage from the ear. Physical exam is notable for periorbital and retroauricular ecchymosis without evidence of a CSF leak. Non-contrast head CT demonstrates a basilar skull fracture, but with no evidence of an intracranial hemorrhage. Neurosurgery was consulted, who recommended no surgical intervention, but to be admitted for frequent neurological assessments. Let's continue with an introduction to basilar skull fracture. Clinically, this is defined as a breaking of the bone at the base of the skull. Conditions that are associated include cervical spine injury and retrobulbar hematoma. Distinguishing features for this include proptosis, blurry vision, pain with extraocular movements, and elevated intraocular pressure. In terms of the etiology, this may be due to high-velocity blunt trauma, such as from motor vehicle collisions and pedestrian injuries. It may also be due to penetrating injuries, such as from a gunshot. In terms of the pathogenesis, the location of the fracture typically predicts the injury. For temporal fractures, which are most common, there may be a carotid injury, a cranial nerve 7 and or a cranial nerve 8 injury, and a mastoid cerebrospinal fluid leak. For anterior skull-based fractures, there may be orbital injury, a nasal CSF leak, and a cranial nerve 1 injury. For central skull-based fractures, there may be a carotid injury, as well as a cranial nerve 3, 4, 5, and or 6 injury. For posterior skull fractures, there may be a cervical spine injury, a vertebral artery injury, and cranial nerve 9, 10, and 12 injuries. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include altered mental status, nausea, and vomiting. On exam, one may note cranial nerve deficits, which depend on where the fracture occurred. There may also be hemotympanum, which is blood pulling behind the tympanic membrane. One may note a CSF rhinorrhea or otorrhea. Some patients may have periorbital ecchymosis, also known as raccoon eyes. This is associated with anterior skull-based fractures. And one may also note retroauricular or mastoid ecchymosis, which is also known as the battle sign. In terms of further imaging, non-contrast head CT is indicated as the initial imaging study for patients with head trauma. Specific findings of skull fractures may be difficult to assess if the fracture is linear or non-displaced. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is a clinical diagnosis that is supported by head imaging. With regards to treatment, this should be managed expectantly and there is required urgent neurosurgical evaluation and frequent neurology checks. And finally, complications related to basilar skull fractures include meningitis, cerebrospinal fluid leak, cranial nerve palsies, and cavernous sinus thrombosis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to basilar skull fracture, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. 
For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 36-year-old man is brought by paramedics to the emergency department after a motor vehicle accident in which his car rolled over multiple times. He is unable to recount details of the accident, but reports nausea and tinnitus. He is otherwise healthy and takes no medications. The patient's temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.0 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 105 over 70. Pulse is 110 beats per minute and respirations are 14 breaths per minute. His Glasgow Coma Scale is 14. On physical exam, the patient is found to have numerous superficial lacerations on the face and scalp. He has rhinorrhea and there's ecchymoses around both eyes and inferior and posterior to both ears. The left tympanic membrane appears distended with red material behind it. A cranial nerve exam reveals facial droop and hearing loss on the left side. Which of the following is the most appropriate next step in management? And the answer choices are, choice one, CT of the head and neck without contrast. Choice two, intubation. Choice three, MRI of the brain. Choice four, radiograph of the skull. Or choice five, transfused packed red blood cells. The best answer to this question is, choice one, CT of the head and neck without contrast. This trauma patient presents with periorbital and retroauricular ecchymoses, hemotympanum, and a possible CSF leak as demonstrated by the rhinorrhea after a high-energy motor vehicle accident. This suggests a diagnosis of basilar skull fracture. The most appropriate initial step in the evaluation of a basilar skull fracture is a CT of the head and neck to rule out cervical spine trauma as well, and this should be done without contrast. Basilar skull fractures, or fractures involving at least one of the bones of the base of the skull, typically occur due to high-energy mechanisms, such as motor vehicle accidents, falls, or assaults. Presentation can include periorbital ecchymoses, which are also known as quote-unquote raccoon eyes, retroauricular ecchymoses, which are also known as the battle sign, rhinorrhea, otorrhea, and hemotympanum. Associated neurovascular injury can occur depending on the location of the fractures. With temporal bone fractures and associated cranial nerve 7 or 8 being the most commonly injured. The diagnosis can be supported with the CT scan of the head and neck without contrast. Management involves admission and serial neurological exams. If a patient has neurological symptoms or deficits, then neurosurgical intervention may be indicated. The publication by Steele et al. investigated the utility of a head CT for evaluation of minor head trauma using two clinical decision rules, the Canadian CT head rule and the New Orleans criteria. They found that although both rules were found to have equivalent sensitivities, the Canadian CT head rule had superior specificity. They recommend that according to the Canadian CT head rule, a CT head should be obtained in head trauma patients with a GCS score of less than 15 at two hours after injury if there is suspected open or depressed skull fractures, 
any sign of basal skull fracture, two or more episodes of vomiting, age of 65 years or greater, amnesia before the incident, or a dangerous mechanism. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Intubation is appropriate management in a trauma patient who is failing to oxygenate, failing to ventilate, or in a patient with a Glasgow coma scale that is less than 8. It also may be appropriate if there is impending airway loss. The presence of a basilar skull fracture does not suggest impending airway failure, in particular in an otherwise well-appearing patient with a Glasgow coma scale of 14. Choice 3. MRI of the brain is most commonly used to diagnose strokes or intracranial tumors. In the setting of head trauma and focal neurological deficits, MRI can be useful to evaluate for nerve injury or CSF leak, but it is not the first step in diagnosing basilar skull fractures given how time-consuming this test is. It may be appropriate after a CT scan without contrast is performed to add further detail to the workup. Choice 4. A radiograph of the skull is no longer commonly used aside from skeletal surveys in cases of suspected non-accidental trauma. Additionally, the base of the skull is poorly visualized on skull radiographs and thus is not reliable in detecting basilar skull fractures. Choice 5. Transfusing packed red blood cells is appropriate management of hemorrhagic shock, which presents with hypotension, tachycardia, and suspected bleeding. It is not possible for a patient to experience hemorrhagic shock from bleeding into the skull, as the space is too small to allow for a sufficient volume to lead to hemodynamic instability. Given the limited space in the skull, bleeding into this compartment is more likely to lead to herniation, respiratory depression, and severe central nervous system damage as the cause of death. Finally, a bullet summary. A non-contrast CT scan of the head and neck is the most appropriate initial diagnostic test in the workup of a basilar skull fracture. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 25-year-old man presents to the emergency department after a bar fight. He states he was hit multiple times and was punched in the right eye, which is causing him the most pain. He endorses blurry vision out of the affected eye, as well as pain when moving the affected eye. He otherwise has scattered abrasions and bruises, which are causing him minimal discomfort. His temperature is 97.7 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.5 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 121 over 81. Pulse is 90 beats per minute. Respirations are 12 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam is notable for conjunctival injection and proptosis of the right eye. His extraocular movements are intact, and there is minor discomfort with movement of the eye. A fluorescein stain demonstrates linear uptake in the cornea of the right eye. Tonometry of the right eye demonstrates a pressure of 37 millimeters of mercury, with the normal pressure being less than 21 millimeters of mercury. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Basilar skull fracture Choice 2. Orbital fracture Choice 3. 
retrobulbar hematoma. Choice 4, ruptured globe. Or choice 5, traumatic hyphema. The best answer to this question is choice 3, retrobulbar hematoma. This patient is presenting after a bar fight with blunt trauma to the right eye. He is now experiencing eye pain, blurry vision, conjunctival injection, proptosis, and an increased intraocular pressure. All of these together suggest a diagnosis of a retrobulbar hematoma. A retrobulbar hematoma a retrobulbar hemorrhage commonly presents after blunt trauma to the eye. Patients may initially present with eye pain, conjunctival injection, and proptosis. As symptoms worsen, severe pain and pain with extraocular movements may be present. The intraocular pressure is often elevated greater than 21 millimeters of mercury, and this can support the diagnosis. Immediate management involves elevating the head of the bed and placing an eye shield. A CT scan of the orbit is the diagnostic test of choice to support the diagnosis. If there is a severely elevated intraocular pressure, a lateral canthotomy may be performed to reduce the pressure and preserve vision. Mannitol may be given to reduce intraocular pressure. Emergent ophthalmologic intervention is needed to reduce pressure as permanent vision loss can occur. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, basilar skull fracture would present after trauma with raccoon eyes, which refers to periorbital ecchymosis, battle sign, which refers to bruising over the mastoid process, and clear rhinorrhea, which is CSF leaking through the nares. The diagnosis can be supported with the CT scan and neurosurgical intervention may be indicated. Choice two, orbital fracture would present after blunt trauma to the eye and would more likely present with an ophthalmos, which is a sunken eye, rather than proptosis. Fracture may lead to entrapment of the rectus muscles and thus impaired extraocular motion. Choice four, ruptured globe presents after blunt trauma to the eye with decreased visual acuity. The pupil may have an irregular shape or be teardrop shaped. Fluorescein stain will demonstrate cytal sign or leakage of fluid from the globe rather than linear uptake as in this patient, which is suggestive of an abrasion. Treatment involves elevating the head of the bed, placement of an eye shield, and emergent ophthalmologic evaluation. Choice five, traumatic hyphema presents after blunt trauma to the eye with visible blood in the anterior chamber. Patients may present with eye pain, vision loss, nausea, and vomiting. Management involves elevating the head of the bed, placing an eye shield, analgesia, correction of any coagulopathy, and ophthalmology evaluation. Finally, a bullet summary. A retrobulbar hematoma presents after blunt trauma with eye pain, proptosis, decreased visual acuity, and an increased intraocular pressure. That's all for this review about basilar skull fracture. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets. 
the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.